Hello, hello, welcome to Season 2, Episode 6. Already more than halfway through Season 2, thank you for your support. I'm Dr. Jason Lee, Clinical Immunologist and Allergist, practicing in Toronto, Ontario. Um, you may have heard last year about someone dying at a hospital doing what's called a graded oral challenge. I'm going to explain what this is. Let's say you have been diagnosed with a food allergy in the past or were not so sure. A challenge is a controlled environment exposure to that food. So, for example, you had a reaction to peanut when you were young. You're not so sure if you're allergic to it. The graded oral challenge would be what we consider the gold standard test, meaning that you know it's the unequivocal truth about whether or not uh, you are or not are not allergic. <clears throat> now, there's many different protocols. Uh, that have been published for this. Every National Society of Allergists uh, have uh, uh, very detailed uh, guidelines and parameters that you should follow. One of the things that I want to stress is that this is not a risk-free procedure and skin tests are not always good at ruling out uh, a food allergy. And often, unfortunately, this is the only way we can know for sure if you are or are not allergic. Now, there are a few things that uh, I think a good allergist can do to try to minimize your chances of having a reaction. Uh, one of them involves uh, what I consider patient-specific risk factors, and the other are uh, physician or clinic-dependent uh, risk factors. Let's look at the clinic side, um, because that's something that a lot of patients or uh, people out there just don't know about. Anyone can practice uh, allergy immunology, of course, and if you have a license in allergy immunology or board, considered board certified, obviously that helps. Always check your credentials of your physician before seeing them. Um, you know, most jurisdictional uh, bodies, like the College of Physicians, they have a pretty transparent um, uh, website where you can search every doctor, see if they actually have a qualification in allergy, and secondly, have they ever been in trouble before? Is there anything listed on the website that you can read about? Um, secondly, you can look and speak to the patient, uh, I'm sorry, I should say the physician, and see exactly uh, how trustworthy they are. And it's something uh, that's hard to gauge, uh, but do you trust this physician is a very important factor. Um, Thirdly, um, you want to see if they are uh, updated in terms of their uh, practice and the equipment that they have. So uh, not everyone has uh, a full crash cart and not everyone practices in a hospital. Obviously in a hospital, uh, sometimes it's theoretically a bit safer because they have a whole uh, code and crash cart team already uh, at the push of a button. Um, Whereas uh, at a private clinic office, like where I practice, uh, it's really hard to know exactly what equipment is there. Now, of course, uh, in my office, uh, we do uh, quite a few challenges, myself and the other physicians who are in allergy and immunology. We do have uh, essentially a full crash card, including uh, the full ACLS uh, armamentarium of drugs. We have a, a defibrillator. Uh, we've got the whole shebang, different airways, uh, crike if we need to. Uh, supplemental oxygen. Um, check. And then, you know, I don't think any doctor should be really offended if you ask, are you 
prepared to deal with an emergency because emergencies do uh, happen. We try to be well stocked on epinephrine, uh, even with the shortage that's going on right now. So often there's a backup of epinephrine that can be drawn uh, from our ACLS kit if we have used all of our EpiPen auto injectors. So that's the clinic or physician side. Now in terms of your side, uh, one thing that's important to discern uh, is that asthma, as I mentioned in a previous podcast, is a big risk factor. So if your asthma is not treated or it's out of control or we call uncontrolled, um, probably best to make sure that the asthma is well controlled before you proceed with a graded challenge. So this means uh, taking your uh, inhaler, uh, if you've been prescribed one, um, as directed, and we're looking for control parameters, uh, shortness of breath, wheezing, chest tightness, um, cough. If you have more than uh, four times a week of these, chances are your asthma is not controlled. And if you have more than one time a night of any of these symptoms, chances are your asthma is not controlled. On the day of the actual graded challenge, important to uh, have a listen of the chest to make sure that there's no overt, or sorry, I should say covert wheezing that we cannot hear. We definitely do not want to do challenges when the asthma is flaring up. Um, Some doctors will go so far as to uh, screen uh, the uh, spirometry, uh, FEV1 value, that's uh, sort of how quickly you can breathe in the first second, just to make sure that you're well above the 70% uh, predicted threshold. Now the other things you want to do is make sure if you have high blood pressure, you're not on a beta blocker. Um, Beta blockers will counteract any resuscitative measures with epinephrine. So you don't want to take one on the day of your uh, graded challenge if at all possible. You want to switch to some other agent well before under the guidance of a physician uh, before proceeding with the oral challenge. Now the other thing that you can do or uh, your doctor should really be doing is doing a skin prick test with the actual food if at all possible on the day that you're doing the graded challenge of course things can change and one little uh, tip that i've done is i've done it on both the left and right arm it turns out um you know when we do skin testing we make an assumption that the allergy antibodies are spread evenly through the body this is not always the case and there's some recent data that's shown that this is a uh, very uh, uh, more common than we think. I shouldn't say very common, but more common than we think. So left and right arm, just to always double check. So uh, another couple examples of when we do this is uh, a lot of people have uh, egg allergies or milk allergies in early childhood. Uh, by school age, a lot of patients can outgrow these. Um, so it, it is uh, often the unequivocal test to see if you have outgrown them. A couple of things that your doctor may do is do a blood test uh, called an immunocap. The immunocap, uh, a lot of the older doctors still refer to it as RAST, radioabsorbent. There's no radiation involved, but the immunocap uh, values, if you follow them from year to year, the change in that value can tell you if things are improving or worsening or the, what the probability is in terms of losing or maintaining that allergy. So um, the, you can go a step further and do what's called component immunocap testing as well. Component testing will tell you which uh, proteins, which allergenic proteins that you actually react to. Some uh, you know, are a little bit worse than others in terms of how serious the reactions can be. Others tell you that perhaps this is a minor one that you may or may not outgrow, or that this is one that uh, 
you know, is going to be more in line with what we call oral allergy syndrome. Um, I always see the value in doing immunocaps for food allergies, uh, but, you know, it's a bit controversial because not everyone has access or the, uh, you know, the, quite frankly, the, the monetary uh, requirements that are needed. I believe in the U.S. Uh, it is covered under Medicaid and in Ontario, it is not covered at all. So if you have private drug plan with uh, that covers labs, you're, you're in luck. But if you don't, you're kind of out of luck. So the other thing that most allergists will also do is they'll actually measure uh, sometimes the skin test length um, or the maximal diameter. Um, there was a fellow by the name of uh, Hugh Sampson who created these sort of nice probability curves based on the value of the size of the skin test as well as the immunocap values. This can tell you the probability of having a reaction. Now this is not always accurate though because I've seen a lot of very big reactions not be actually positive. So um, you know a perfect example is someone who had uh, uh, both a positive immunocap and a very big skin test they were able to pass the graded challenge. Now, of course, this all hinges on the patient's clinical history. This guy had never had a peanut. He was told by some allergist back in the 80s uh, that he's allergic, was tested positive to it, and that was the only basis, was a positive test result. <coughs> he had never had an accidental anaphylactic reaction either, which is a bit odd as well. Most studies show that even if you're being careful, there is a tendency to run into anaphylactic reactions um, uh, if you look at if you follow everyone over a five-year period of time. So that's that, and um, you know when planning your oral challenge, I do see it as an important part of our allergist toolkit. So um, you know, good luck, and make sure that uh, you know what you're getting into. The risks are low uh, for the most part, uh, based on uh, different tests. Your doctor has likely done uh, both an immunocap and the skin test and waited on your clinical history or what you have told us. Anyhow, good luck. Thank you.